This is the Tribal Malfunctions Podcast. Tribal Malfunctions is a thrilling cyberpunk story of gangs, guns, greed, and the power of independent trucking set in 22nd century Boston. I am your host and narrator, Chang Terhune. Now join me please as we enter the strange world of Tribal Malfunctions. Welcome to another episode of Tribal Malfunctions, a cyberpunk novel set in 22nd century Boston, a story of gangs, guns, greeds, and, but just greed singular, and the power of independent trucking. I am your host, narrator, author, and um, all you need me to be, Chang Terhune. Uh, this is episode 17. Um... Some crazy stuff just happened, huh? My last one. So I'm very excited to uh, bring this world to you and uh, the continuing story. A lot of interesting things are going to come up in this one. Um, as always, there's swearing. You know, it's the future. And um, don't play it around uh, impressionable people, uh, sensitive ears, or people who just can't deal with it. And let me see. That's about it. Um, if you're just tuning in, like, yo, uh, this has been going on for a while, so you should probably, like, you know, catch up or something. Uh, anyway, um, so that's about it. Uh, um, yeah, I guess I just I probably should read this thing, huh? Okay. Here we go. Referendum of 1995. 
After that, it seemed the movement had faded to the background until 2030, when the conservative but nationalist Action Démocratique du Québec party returned, gaining strength in numbers during elections. Following this, Action Démocratique du Québec transformed itself into a political steamroller. Over decades, a determined effort to convince the populace of the necessity of protection from foreign influences in the form of both biological and ideological assets and resources marked their slow, patient rise. After gaining a significant majority in 2036, ADQ introduced major immigration reforms and restrictions on travel, education, media, and their infamous attacks on First Nation tribal members. The dark days of 2078 during the Ottawa standoff remain vivid in the minds of all citizens of the world, not just Canadians. The weeks of battle left 20,000 dead and created a 15-foot-high barrier stretching over 10 times longer than the 96-mile-long Berlin Wall. Now, Ottawa City stands as the shining beacon of free Canada's struggle for independence to those in power across the Ottawa River. But to the rest of Canada and those world citizens who love freedom, it stands as a dark reminder that humanity is far from united in the quest for freedom, equality for all. The gray seating was from a plaque at the site of the Battle of Ottawa, placed by the Canadian Commonwealth in 2180. Chapter 17, Sister Surprise. Uh, Anna Maria? said Aris. She shook her head, then stood to drag a metal chair over from the table to sit before him. What the hell are you doing down here? Me? she said, slapping her chest plate with mock surprise. Hmm, I don't know why I'm down here. Let's see, maybe it's because I'm Colonel Anna Maria Aguilar of the Department of Homeland Services Maglev Transportation Division. Oh, and I'm leading a task force investigating organized crime and a possible terrorist attack on the Wormway. Does that sound like a good reason for me to be all the way the fuck down here? The black ghost standing on either side of her nodded. She looked back at Aris. What's your fucking excuse? Aris tried shrugging and winced. Get these fucking carbon ties off him, she said. There was a pause as Anna Maria appeared to listen to the air. Jesus, Willies, he may be an idiot, but he is my brother, she said, leaning an elbow on her knee. I know exactly how to kick his ass if he tries anything stupid, which he won't, right? No, said Aris. When her glare intensified, he added, Ma'am. One of the men stepped forward to clip off the ties with a black tactical knife. Anna Maria gestured, and they brought him a chair. Aris sat, rubbing his wrists. Got anything to drink? What the fuck, Aris? She shouted, banging her rifle butt on the deck. Aris shrank. She shook her head again, then dropped her face into her palm before looking back at the soldiers. Willies? You, Cortez, and Nolan get back out there. Keep checking those explosives and see if we can defuse them. Subramanian, stay here with me and my little brother. Anna Maria pursed her lips when she said this. Three soldiers departed through the airlock, while another stood by the locker, one foot perched on the bench, but never removed his helmet. Three soldiers departed through the airlock, while another stood, without removing his helmet, by the locker a foot perched on the bench. Anna Maria rose to get a bottle of water from a cabinet near the table, then threw it at Aris. When he caught it, she returned to her chair and opened her own bottle. You have five minutes, she said between sips, before I bag you up and arrest you. You will have all the time to tell it to a federal judge before he puts you in a mind farm camp or maybe a chemical pen down in Virginia. Those explosives out there, said Aris. I know who put them there. 
Kimo Cho. Kimo Cho's behind all this. Kimo Cho? said Anna Maria. Who's... Oh, you mean Chadwick Cho? Yeah, said Iris. Kimo was his heavy boy handle back in the day. Where's your proof, she said. Aris hesitated. Then something about looking into her large brown eyes broke him. He faltered before giving her the short version, from the first sign of tampering on Yukikor 4291's brain pan to the mind farm breaking. The conversation was different, though her methods were the same as when they were children. Anna Maria had the patience of water on stone, while Aris was like a gnat, flitting around unable to stay calm or in one place for long. She sipped her water slowly, occasionally looking at Subramanian standing quietly behind his black fog cover. So you knew all this was going on when you came down to New York and didn't tell me, she said. Yeah, Aris replied. Some of it, anyway. What the fuck, Aris? What do you mean? Jesus, Anna Maria, put yourself in my shoes, he said. I've still got a record in connection with the Big Battelle. Besides being a Fed, you knew just enough about my history already that I didn't exactly feel comfortable spilling my guts. I'm your sister, Ari. You didn't trust me to... It's been 15 years, Anna Maria, said Aris, snorting. You clearly knew about my record when I came down. I didn't think you'd be too lenient even with your little brother. Not after seeing you in your office all the way up there in that glass fortress. Subramanian's head jerked back as if he laughed. Anna Maria glanced at him, then back at Aris. Maybe so, she said. But I've always appreciated honesty. Whatever, said Aris. If I had come clean to you, then what would you have done? You'd have told me not to do anything else, and told me not to worry about it, then sent me home. Probably, she said, nodding. Because that's what good citizens do when the authorities advise them. Oh, please. Good citizen, my cock, said Aris. You're even worse with a badge and a gun than you were with a split knife in your cut and colors. Anna Maria laughed. Subramanian's helmet nodded. Can't say it's the first time I've ever heard that, she said, nodding. So why the fuck are you down here? Let's just say I'm allied with some interested parties who've known of Cho's activities. I had to see it for myself, said Aris, mocking her officious tone. Seriously, what am I going to do? Go to the cops when they're in on it? Anna Maria glanced at Subramanian, who shrugged. What, said Aris. What do you know? Not sure I have to tell you anything, Aris, she said. I really should be packing you up for transfer. Yeah, well, I snuck down here in a hauler and saw all those explosives, said Aris, pointing to the tunnel. I told you about that weird shit being smuggled in from Soko in Free Canada, plus what was going on down at Mine Farm. State police are involved. It's something big, like blowing up the Wormway. Anna Maria glanced at Subramanian again. This time he shrugged, but shook his head. I agree, said Anna Maria, looking at her brother with a raised eyebrow. He does no more than he should, Sub. A fuck of a lot more. So what's going on, said Aris, flipping his palms up and spilling water. Uh, I mean, uh, here we are. We're a Homeland Service's tactical unit, said Anna Maria, chuckling. <laughs> You're just a fucking civilian in a sneak suit who's in way over his head. I'm your brother, too, said Aris. Not that it means shit to you. Anna Maria looked at him for a few moments, then shrugged. You're a little shit, she said, throwing her empty water bottle at the trash bin and missing. Not the first time you called me that. Turning back to him, she ran her hands through her hair, which he noticed was cut spiky short. 
But you've got a pretty good grasp on this. Against my professional responsibilities, I have to say I'm actually pretty impressed. Whatever. I mean, thanks, said Ars. So what's going on? Anna Maria paused before continuing. We've come across ample evidence that Chadwick Cho is involved in some kind of conspiracy with not only the Massachusetts State Police Corporation, but the Free Canadian and Southern Korean governments, she said. Horace nodded. Okay, and? See, most people kind of freak out about hearing that, but you took it in stride, said Anna Maria. Yeah, well, I kind of figured that stuff out already, said Aris. Anna Maria nodded again. We caught one of his couriers with a trunk full of rhino at a hotel out by Logan. He blabbed to us, then dove off the hotel roof when someone wasn't looking. Guess he knew better than us what Cho does to informants. Anyway, what he told us was Cho is planning something with those three outfits. We're not sure what the exact plan is, but we're fairly certain he wants to hold the Wormway hostage and threaten to destroy it unless his demands are met. Which are? said Aris. Well, we don't know, said Anna Maria. What we do know is he's got questionable relationships with the mayor of Boston, the free Canadian premier, the one holy president of the Democratic Republic of South Korea, and the executives of the state police corporation. He's been in meetings with them singly and all together at various times over the last year, in various locations all over the world, and a few times in New York. Doesn't have the good sense not to ship where he eats, said Aris. Just like Mama used to say, Anna Maria looked at her wrist panel. He's been using a series of haulers from small companies he's forced the owners to sell to him. He uses these haulers for small runs under the radar. Some run drugs, some run money, some run weapons. We estimate he has over a dozen of these small fleet haulers going around the country and some international stops at any given moment. He's ramped these up lately, which caught our attention. How long have you known? said Horace. About six months ago, our AIs noticed some odd patterns, she said. Didn't turn up anything conclusive. Cho's also very well connected, so a lot of people brushed off the suggestion that he was anything less than a legitimate businessman. Aris shook his head. No, no, I meant, when did you discover the explosives down here? He asked. Uh, about a half hour before you, she said. Aris laughed. Anna Maria's expression remained neutral. We thought he might be stockpiling them, but when the last shipment out of Quebec GCT appeared before it got to its stated destination, we thought we'd better check up on him. So what made you come down here, said Aris. This one particular hauler, Yukiko 4291, said Aris. Anna Maria nodded. How'd you know, she asked. That girl from Yukiko told me about what Cho's been up to. She's got a lot of dirt on him. Data, plans, and video. I see. So you've been following it too. Because in addition to the pattern of hauler breakdowns and repairs, we noticed a coincidence of maintenance units sent out when that particular hauler approached stations. Not sure how, but someone's figured out how to dupe the maintenance robots into installing explosives, then wiping their memories. Yuki wrote that program, said Aris. Cho's using it. Who wrote it? said Anna Maria. Yuki, said Aris. Her father named the company after her. Well, I'll tell you this, said Anna Maria. Cho and his accomplices are going away for a very long, long time when this is over. She's not an accomplice, said Aris. She didn't do this willingly. Anna Maria cocked an eyebrow. Aris shook his head. Nope. 
You said yourself that Cho's forced these companies to work for him. He's got her parents hostage somewhere. He's making her do stuff like hacking, routing the hauler, and other things. If she doesn't, he'll kill her parents. You sound worried, said Anna Maria. Are you involved with her? Fuck no, said Aris. I'm married. As if that has ever meant anything, said Anna Maria. Whatever, said Aris. Look, we're agreed on one thing. Cho needs to be stopped. Soon. Like now. Yes, said Anna Maria. Agreed. So what's Homeland Services doing about it, said Aris. As Anna Maria looked at Subramanian again, Aris snickered. Who's this guy? Your fucking attorney? Sergeant Subramanian and I have been working together on this, said Anna Maria, which means we both know this is a delicate and serious matter. We don't know how many tunnels Cho has wired up like this, or from what we've figured out, he's done the same thing in the main tunnels in and out of every major city in the U.S., said Aris. Jesus Christ, said Anna Maria. Her professional aloofness broke for a moment, and he saw his sister was very tired. But what we don't know is if he's capable of detonating them remotely or needs to do it from a certain location, or I'm pretty sure he can do it from his phone if he needs to, said Aris. Anna Maria considered this. Perhaps. Then the fact remains he's colluding with foreign governments. And the mayor of Boston, the Honorable Adino Ransom, Aris said. Yeah, said Anna Maria. He's another one. His involvement is particularly strange. Maybe, said Aris. See, if I were Cho, I'd be playing it like this. Boston's a big port, a hub, if you will, with a lot of warmway traffic. Get the mayor involved along with the free Canadian and SoCo governments, then you have your own little territory, right? The mayor's got your back, and you have these two devious countries on your side. Declare independence, secede from the nation. Then you announce you've mined the wormway, and if people don't pay up, you'll cripple it. It'd make those involved trillionaires within 24 hours. You with me so far? Anna Maria and Subramanian nodded. Now, Cho doesn't actually want to blow up the wormway because it's his bread and butter. He knows as well as you or I that no one wants it blown up because if that happens, then the economy comes to a complete fucking standstill. Remember Christmas 2125? Sure, said Anna Maria. Even Subramanian nodded. Christmas was late that year because of a tunnel failure in western Pennsylvania. December 18th. Shut it down for a week. Had to have it in the middle of January because of the delivery delays. Right, said Aris. So if he succeeds, then Cho controls the entire North Atlantic route. He also owns a bunch of garages in the Mid-Atlantic. It's win-win for him, basically. He's just about got the world by the balls. Well put, said Anna Maria. So what's Homeland Services going to do about it, said Aris. Well, we have to approach to... Oh, the fuck you do, said Aris. You need to kill this motherfucker and expose him. In that order. Then remove the explosives, expose Free Canada and SoCo's involvement, then maybe things won't totally go to shit. Anna Maria looked at him for a moment, then glanced at Subramanian. Hate to admit it, but uh, you're right, she finally said. But I don't have that kind of leeway. I've got to go by the book. If I go off like that, I won't even be able to get a job at your garage. Seriously? said Aris. I thought Homeland Services did all sorts of domestic black ops shit. You've been watching too much HSTU then, said Anna Maria. It's not like TV. We need state and federal authority. Judges need to sign things. That takes time. Not hours, but days, weeks, or even months. This was pretty much our fact-finding mission. Plus, Cho has friends in high places, like the U.S. government, and not just abroad. We can't just bag him on the street, or else... Subramanian tensed, then tapped his helmet. 
Anna Maria sat up and cocked her head, pressing her earpiece to listen and spoke quietly. Move into position. We're on our way. Do nothing until I get there. Over. Supermanian punched the airlock cycle button as Anna Maria pulled her helmet on. What's going on, said Arnes. The tunnel, she said. Someone's coming down the emergency track. Is it a maintenance drone or nothing scheduled, said Anna Maria. She looked at the display over the table where a red dot ticked a long line of yellow dashes. We've been monitoring traffic here for a month. Tunnel systems are operating at 100%. Next scheduled service isn't for three weeks. She flipped her faceplate down and hefted her rifle. Aris grabbed his helmet. The crack in the faceplate was long but clean and even. Anna Maria clapped his shoulder, tossed him a roll of clear tape, then motioned for him to hold out his left arm. As he did, she tapped something into the wrist panel. His earpiece beeped. You're on our comm channel now, she said. But do not say a fucking word. And stay the fucking here. Got it? Aris nodded. That tape will hold until you get out of here, she said. You going to arrest me? said Aris. No, not that I don't want to, though, she said. The airlock pinged as it opened. However, I might just let Subramanian spank you. Aris laughed as his sister stepped into the airlock, then the doors closed behind her. She and Subramanian left when the opposite doors opened. Aris sat on the bench and taped up his helmet. The crack ran diagonally across the clear poly. He slipped the helmet on, secured his earphones and shades in place, then listened to the comm chatter. Even after carefully repairing it, the tape obscured his vision. Sit rep, Willies, said Anna Maria. Vehicle at 100 meters, ma'am, said Willies. Got an ID, said Anna Maria. Ice cream truck or family sedan? Small passenger car, said Willies. Track monitor won't give me an ID code. Gents, looks like we've got a bogey, said Anna Maria. We're going hand to hand on this. Store your rifles and bring out the knives. I don't want to be the one who is shot and blows up the tunnel. A chorus of Roger That rang across the comms. Aris listened as the men breathed quietly, slinging their rifles back and removing knives. He looked up at the wall screen. It appeared to be a static readout of track status near the maintenance station before he found the touchscreen allowed for some menu function access. Aris poked around until he found a screen showing the mystery car's arrival. Keep back, said Anna Maria. Don't let him see you, Cortez. Don't want a repeat of those Darien raids. Yes, ma'am. Aris watched the car slow, then stop. The status board said nothing other than acknowledging a vehicle was there. Everything else read N slash A. Doors opening, said Willis. Nolan, I want you in that driver's seat as soon as we neutralize these fuckers, said Anna Maria. Copy that, ma'am. Looks like they're getting out, said another voice. Aris figured it was Subramanian from a slight Indian accent. Driver may have a weapon. Can't quite. What's he carrying, said Willis. Infrared is all four screamed instantly, shredding Aris' hearing. He was about to ask what happened, but choked it off, lest the intruders hear him. The HS team screamed again. Jesus Christ, Willie said. That light overloaded my optics. Lights, thought Aris. A maintenance crew would use a HUD's infrared or something like shades. Who would use lights down here? Who's got a visual? Shouted Anna Maria. My optics are... Think I got... Cortez's words were cut off by a choking woof, followed by a rumbling and static. Cortez? Said Anna Maria. Cortez, you there? Come in, Cortez. I think he's... Nolan started, then shouted. Fuck's like I do it! Wait, holy shit! Nolan's shout was choked into a gurgle, followed by a peculiar sound Lars couldn't identify, like something heavy dragging against the suit like he thought. It stopped abruptly. Willies, what the hell is going on? Said Anna Maria. Supermani, you got a visual? No, ma'am, they... 
shit! Both Willies and Subramanian's comms cut out with a squawk of electronic noise. Willies! Said Anna Maria. Subramanian, report, are you? Aris heard his sister's calm diode and a hiss of noise as well, listening to the static in his ear. The car's icon departed the panel a moment later. Aris scrolled through the menus but found no sign of it anywhere. He pressed the airlock cycle button. When it opened on the other side, he carefully leaned out towards the platform. Whatever happened occurred at the bottom of the emergency track three levels below. He peered down the ladder shaft. Despite his infrared lenses turned up high, there were only vague shapes below. Aris wished he had a knife as he climbed down. Just above the emergency track, he took a deep breath and dropped. He landed and turned fast, expecting to see the attackers standing there. But the track was empty except for bodies crumpled atop one another. Aris crept around them until he could see past the platform. The track was clear, no sign of any car or any humans, not even a maintenance robot. A portable construction light was knocked over, its bulb shattered. Aris read the label. Sun Power 3000, solar strength in a single light. Whoever attacked them knew anyone in the tunnel would use infrared to avoid detection and likely be easily blinded. Especially by a sun power light. No wonder their optics overloaded. Aris used these at the garage where they required shades as they were brighter than welding guns. Whoever deployed it would be wearing shades to protect their eyes while Anna Maria's team was temporarily disabled and disoriented. Aris examined the crumpled bodies, dark forms lying in darker, frozen patches of blood on the metal grate decking. Bodies crushed like this were exposed to extremely heavy, blunt trauma. Some kind of massive force did this. Aris recognized the size and shape of these blows, as if something rolled into them, or someone large moving very fast. Shades? Sun power lights as weapons? Extreme weight? Heavy boys. Cho, Aris said aloud. He counted the bodies, only four. One was missing. Aris looked all over the platform and under it. Then he checked the tracks. No one, and none of the remaining helmets bore a silver triangle. Anna Maria, he said aloud. Aris climbed back to the top and rushed through the airlock. Once inside, he checked the track's status screen again, but nothing changed. He had to get back to the surface, but he'd never find a way out through the tunnel, and he could easily slip and die if he touched the electrified rails. If only Yuki had found a way to keep Yuki Core 4291 there, he might be able to get out. If Anna Maria's team got in without a hauler, they must have got in some other way. Aras looked at the door, then cursed himself. After opening it, he found a short, supercrete corridor, ending in an elevator. He stepped inside, wishing he'd gotten more weapons at Blindside's place when he had the chance, or even grabbed one of the Homeland servicemen's knives. Aris punched the one button, then crouched as it began rising, slowly. Despite knowing why, the need to adjust for pressure difference between the deep wormway and the surface, Aris shouted at its slow pace. Finally, it came to a stop. Red lights over the door flashed green, then they opened on a damp concrete room with a single metal door. This opened onto another short hall, lined with shelving. The door at its end opened to the bottom of an outdoor stairwell. Aris crept up the stairwell and peered over the top. He was in a field, covered in snow with dead vegetation poking through. The moon was full, the night cold but clear. Above him rose a concrete tower with the Wormway emblem on it. 
Emergency Access 221B, painted in large letters along its length. A blue and white HSTU transport stood next to it, idle and dark. A mile off to his right was the long, glowing tube of the covered Massachusetts Turnpike. He looked to the left at the old surface highway and an abandoned service station. He started walking as he made a call. Boss man, said Wendell when he picked up. You out? Where you at? Not sure, said Ars. Someplace past Metro West, I think. Ashland, maybe? Just came out of an emergency exit. To the Wormway? Yeah, said Ars. What happened? They got my sister, said Ars. What? said Wendell. Who? My sister, Anna Maria. She works for the Homeland Service, said Ars. Never knew you had a sister, said Wendell. She works for HS, huh? Yeah, said Ars. They got her, Wendell. Who's got her? said Wendell. Cho, said Ars. Chemo Cho does. There was silence for a moment, then Wendell said, I'm coming to get you. Drop a dot. Hang on, said Ars. If they knew the HSTU was here, they might be looking for us, or me. Most likely they're looking for Homeland Services agents, right? Yeah, probably, said Ars. He looked around. The area was clear and the HSTU truck was undisturbed. I still think it might not be safe. Cops are going to be all over the place soon. Wendell was silent for a moment. Okay, you're right. He finally said, Just sit tight. Drop that dot so I know where you are, then kill that phone. I'll figure something out. Got it, said Ars. Wendell hung up. Ars looked at the concrete tower, the glowing line of the highway in the distance, the tips of Boston's skyline, and the stars just out of reach. He wondered how long the night would last. Okay, okay. Oh, boy. Terror underneath the, ro- the roads of Boston, huh? Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I, uh, I dig that. Uh, I dig that to film. I think it's cool. Um, another little sort of shorty episode. Uh, but things keep it moving, developing along. As always, I appreciate you listening. Um, if you like the music, it's all by me, Cathode Ray Tube. Um, you can get my music at my website, CND. www.cndhmn. Um, also, you can see my blog and other stuff, uh, some other writing I've done, all sorts of things, at uh, charlesarterhune.com. And uh, I look forward to seeing you there. Maybe drop me a line, say hey. And uh, yeah, next week is another episode of Tribal Malfunctions. We're drawing to a close here. Well, not for a while, but we're heading towards something big, I'll tell you that much. All right, so thanks for listening, and as always, namaste.